Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. The Spirit of the Lord, 120 gathered in one place. Heaven prayed for the Spirit of grace. When suddenly there came a sound of rushing mighty wind, the Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men. This is that. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saying, Good evening, everyone. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. If you want to get involved with the program tonight, feel free to give us a call with any questions or comments you may have. Uh, 701-225-5133 is the number for that, or just let us know where you're listening from. You can text us as well, 701-290-7862, or you can email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. 
Good evening, everyone. I brought my guitar in the studio. I'm going to just start out with a couple couple little choruses today before we get into our topic. I will live to tell of the one who has captured my heart. I will live to tell through him I made a new start. Take my life and let it be a reflection of you so the whole world can see that God is alive and well. I will live to tell. I will live to tell of the one who has captured my heart. I will live to tell him I made a new start So take my life and let it be A reflection of you So the whole world can see That God is alive and well I will live to tell Take my life and let it be A reflection of you So the whole world can see That God is alive and well I will live to tell I'll be a fool for you, Jesus That's just what I'll be Crazy in love with my God above And that's all right with me I'll be a fool for you, Jesus That's just what I'll do Yes, I just don't know no better than to be in love with you. I'll be a fool for you, Jesus. That's just what I'll be. Crazy in love with my God above. And that's all right with me. I'll be a fool for you, Jesus. That's just what I'll do. Guess I just don't know no better than to be in love with you. Guess I just don't know no better than to be in love with you. And as Seth said, welcome to the Tell It Like It Is radio program tonight for this December 24th, 2016 edition. You can just kind of lay it on top there, that guitar, good to have. Uh, Joe and Bill in the studio with us tonight also, and also good to have all of you that are already tuned in that have texted me tonight. Good to have uh, Jake, Lydia listening, the Hostetlers out in Pennsylvania listening. Good to have the Andersons listening in Valley City. We've got the Lomans, and um, we've got um, the Lees listening tonight. We've got uh, Lori and Javier listening tonight. We've got somebody from Indiana. Is this Bethany? listening or elena i'm not sure which one that is good to have all you guys tuned in tonight to the tell it like it is radio show and um if you do want to text me tonight text me at 701-290-7862 if you're listening here locally in dickinson we i am the pastor of the new life pentecostal church at 105 7th avenue west uh, certainly one of the reasons we're on the radio is to invite you to church make sure you're aware of what's going on with our church well, the message we preach and teach uh, is the Acts 2.38 message of, of repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, 
and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, just as they did on the day of Pentecost. And so uh, we want you to be aware of that. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30, 105th Avenue West. This coming Sunday, Christmas Day, Christmas morning, we're just going to have one service at 11 o'clock on Christmas morning. And so just kind of throw that out there also. And uh, we'll probably be mentioning that throughout the broadcast. We do have a church that started in Beach, and the uh, man that will be the pastor there is sitting next to me, uh, Joe Hostetler. So, um, and he's um, they're doing a good job there. Every Tuesday night right now they have service at 7.30, and we're trying to reach that whole area. Beach is a small town, but it's really a, a center, uh, kind of a hub of a lot of people, really. Uh, there's quite a few. I mean, within maybe 15 miles of beach, there's probably, I don't know, 10,000, 8,000, 6,000. I don't know how many people, but quite a few people out there. And so and so certainly we need an Acts 238 church out there, and we've got a good start on one. Meet at the Beach Community Center every Tuesday night at 730. So I uh, want you to be aware of that. We have uh, next week, uh, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday at our Dickinson Church, we have Pastor... Jake Hostetler going to be speaking, and also on New Year's Day, he's going to be teaching and preaching, and then New Year's Day night, he'll be on the radio broadcast, so we're going to keep him busy while he's here, and uh, I think he's going to be speaking in Beach, maybe, too, so uh, uh, if you guys have a service that Tuesday night, I haven't decided, or you haven't decided what you're doing there. Anyway, I'm just getting a lot of the uh, the laundry out of the way here, so we can get into the broadcast. I hear my phone dinging a whole bunch. I got like a... What is it now? Ten messages I haven't seen. Cool. Good to have all of you that are listening. Wow, I've got an evangelist listening to us, Vaughn Pearson, tonight. You know, tonight what we're going to do is I'm going to talk about something that uh, uh, that I read a news article about that the Surgeon General, the United States Surgeon General, has just come out with a, a uh, article about substance abuse drug addiction alcoholism basically not tobacco not you know pornography addiction not gambling addiction it's really substance abuse is and that's kind of what I want to limit our you know this this addiction is a really big big subject bible has a lot to say about it actually and we'll probably talk a little bit about that but i i did read a summary of the report the report is actually very huge the Re- surgeon general's report on addiction i read a a summary of it. It's about 15 pages of summary. And um, when I first read it, I, I actually read an article that was kind of critical of this Surgeon General's report on addiction. And so I, it got me all fired up, got me all hot. And then I read uh, I read the uh, summary myself, and there is some of it I do agree with, and there's some of it that I really do not agree with. And so we're going to talk about this tonight. I know that we're broadcasting live on Holy Ghost Radio, and I, I know that we're certainly uh, to our list, local listening audience here. But this, the article was alarming in some ways. Uh, to me, it was the um, you know that says that twenty seven in two thousand fifteen, twenty seven million people in the United States reported current use of illicit drugs or misuse of prescription drugs. Okay, that's 27 million criminals, I guess you'd say, that are using these things. And over 66 million people, nearly a quarter of the adult and adolescent population, report binge drinking in the past month. Um, 
Alcohol and drug misuse and related disorders are major public health challenges that are taking an enormous toll on individuals, families, and society. I'm not going to just read this word for word, but it says that it is estimated that the yearly economic impact of substance misuse and substance use disorders is $249 billion for alcohol misuse and alcohol use disorders, and $193 billion for illicit drug use and drug use disorders. So alcohol is still the winner as far as how much damage it is causing to our society. As I began to read this Surgeon General's report, I, um, I disagreed with much of it. Some of it I did agree with. Um, the Surgeon General said that 40% to 70% of addicts, that it's genetic, and I'm going to address this tonight in my broadcast. I don't agree with that in the sense that they're talking about. I really don't. One of the things that I thought was interesting in the report that I do, Pastor Bob does agree with, is that alcohol use and drug addiction can change your brain makeup itself. Heavy addiction or heavy usage of alcohol and heavy usage of of, of narcotic drugs can change your brain to the point where the neuro uh, sensors, or I'm not sure if I'm saying that right or if that's exactly the right word for that, but those, those, uh, can, they get burned out, like they're, um, they get tricked into where normal things that cause normal people pleasure, they don't cause the drug addict any longer pleasure or the alcoholic any pleasure. I, I do agree with that in this report. And, um, and that's why, uh, the church has two, two facets here. My pastor, uh, used to read a poem about the, um, he probably still does, but when I went to the church in Biz, our church in Bismarck about whether the church is the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff or the fence to keep people falling off the cliff, and really the church is both. But, but if, if this is true, which I believe it is, that if you drink enough and you take enough drugs, you can become an addict. In other words, you're not born an addict, but you can become a drug addict, and it affects how your brain works. And uh, if that's true, what an awesome thing Sunday school is and getting children to live for God at an early age so they don't have to battle those things. Uh, we have a great Sunday school program at our church, and uh, if you want to come, we have classes that are for each age, uh, teachers that are very great Sunday school teachers. Um, what a great thing to get your, your kids around not only teachers that are teaching them about the things of God, but other children that are trying to seek after God themselves and whose parents are interested in them seeking after God. So so it's both. Now, the things that were alarming in this in this um, Surgeon General's report on addiction. Now, here again, we're not talking. I'm going to limit this program tonight to just drug and alcohol addiction. That's what I want to limit it to. I don't want to talk about all the other addictions out there because there are plenty of them, like food addictions and uh, pornography and gambling and all these things. And certainly there's some lap, some overlap here, but... Some of the things that really bothered me about this report, I guess the main thing that bothered me about this report, is in this report, it said that that they they say that drug addicts and alcoholics cannot be cured, so they focus instead on treatment, and they liken it to diabetes. Like you can treat diabetes, but you can't cure it. And so they liken it to diabetes, and then they take a step farther, the Surgeon General report that... He says that he, he takes great pains in this report to note that as a society, we have tended and historically to shame addicts and treat them as morally or even criminally responsible for their condition. 
And um, and he says that that's wrong, the Surgeon General, that they are not morally or criminally responsible for their condition. I think this is, now here's Pastor Bob talking, this isn't the report. I think this is very detrimental to helping people get better. I think our conscience is a good thing, and especially when it comes to addiction. Let's not tell people it's not their fault. Now let's try to help them in any way we can. Um, you know, the, the slogan that the addiction is a chronic disease of the brain is meant to put the addict beyond the reach of moral reproach. Um, and so, and he, and the report says addiction is squarely in the domain of the medical rather than the moral. And so the parts of this report that bothered me, boy, I think I'm going to run out of time tonight, but the parts of this re- report that bothered me are that that first of all, if you're an addict, it's not your fault. And secondly, the part that really bothered me is there's nothing about spirituality in the report. Now you say, well, the federal government can't make a report like that. Yes, they can. This does not fall into the realm of the separation of church and state. You don't have to say which church you're talking about. You don't have to say what belief system you're talking about. But I think the report should have given some credence to the fact that many people have received help through spiritual connections. And it's completely absent, at least in the part of the report that I read, is completely absent from the report. And so tonight I'm going to I'm going to have Seth play a song. I'm going to read some of my texts. Text me tonight 701-290-7862. Email me robertsimons58 at gmail.com.
Listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast with Pastor Bob Simons, plus the whole host of great people in the studio with me tonight. And uh, and good to have those that are listening. I jotted some of these names. Good to have brother and sister Gubrud listening from the Valley City area. We've got uh, Von Pearson, fam- family driving home from Brookings, and he said, Keep us awake. So um, that last song, if that won't keep you awake, I don't know what will. Miles and Sierra listening. We've got Elena, Bethany, Hussey in Indiana listening. We have the Aprils listening. Uh, good to have Lawrence and Melissa listening tonight. Phil and Lisa listening. And he's sick on the couch. So, But good to have you guys listening. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking about a Surgeon General's report on addiction, and I want to just get right back to it. This, um, uh, I, I think to... To take the idea of moral responsibility away from drug and alcohol addiction is wrong. I think it is wrong. Um, this is not diabetes. And even if, now that you're addicted, even if it's a problem that you have that uh, that doesn't seem like you can stop it by yourself, I still think there is some effort that yourself has to use to stop it. You know, um there, you know, I think I think most people that have ever been really badly addicted to alcohol or drugs will tell you that they need help to stop. But to say that you could stop without that help, or to stop uh, with help, stop if you don't want to stop, I think that would be wrong too. Now, as I mentioned, the Bible has many things to say about addiction, and I'm going to probably talk about some of those about those things tonight. The. Uh, uh, now, now here again, to say that addiction is a disease of the brain uh, is true and false. It really is, in the sense that once you become addicted, addiction can change the way your brain is circuited. But, but it's the words "disease," um, I think, are a little misleading. I think they really are. And so tonight, I want to just talk a little bit about what the Bible has to say about addiction. Some of the things I've jotted down today, I had an open discussion Sunday school class this morning when we kind of went over in our church what what I was going to talk about tonight, and I did jot some things down <coughs> that um, people mentioned. Proverbs twenty three twenty nine talks about addiction. 29 through 35 says, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent, it stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thy heart shall utter perverse things. 
Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. All the bad things that are happening to this uh, person in Proverbs, he said, but when I wake up, I'm going to do it all over again. Proverbs 26.11 says, As the dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. And so, the, and the Bible has much to say about this type of thing. It really does. One of the verses I would like to to bring to your attention in Hosea 4 and 11, it says, Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. And so this is a perfect picture of addiction. And here again, we're focusing not on the whoredom, but we're fi- focusing on the wine and, of course, the illicit drugs that are the same same type of thing. They take away the heart. The reason God hates addiction. Now, I didn't say God hates addicts, but he hates addiction is to these things. is because we were designed to give that place in our life to God himself. That, that was his design for us. The, the, um, when, when a person is addicted to whatever form of drug that you use or alcohol, that has taken the place of God in your life. And so, in a way, uh, you pot smokers out there that are addicted, uh, you drinkers there out there that are addicted, you are very religious, but your God is 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 alcohol. Your God is marijuana. Your God is methamphetamine. Your God is prescription pain pills. You are serving your God more sincerely than most of us Pentecostals are serving our God. And can you see why God hates that? Yeah, your God is in a bottle. Your God is in a joint. Your God is in a pipe. Your God is in a syringe. Your God is in a pill. And God hates us. Uh, In the Ten Commandments it said, I am the Lord, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The reason God hates addiction, and here again, if you think I'm I'm, 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 I'm specifically talking about narcotic drugs on this program tonight and alcohol. And to me, they're one and the same. If you try to say, oh, Pastor Bob, I know people in your church that drink coffee and you don't, you're a hypocrite. Give me a break. Uh, you know that's wrong. I mean, you know that's absolutely wrong. Um, you know, there's, you know, caffeine's not a narcotic drug. Um, but, you know, and, and here again, if you're, if you're trying to find excuses to continue to be an addict, you can go ahead. But I'm telling you that God is against these things because they are God replacers. People are missing. Everybody says this. I know it's been made famous by many people of all kinds of denominations, but there's a God-sized hole in all of us, and nothing fits there but God, but we're trying to put all these other things in there, and that's why people, that's why this report that I read, 2015, 27 million Americans currently use illicit drugs, or misuse prescription drugs. And you know what's so weird about that, you guys? Is that uh, there are many other people that don't even fall into this category that are using prescription drugs that wouldn't be classified as misusing them, but they're still addicted. 
they still are addicted to their antidepressants. They're addicted to all these other things. And, and here again, I'm not, I, I just don't want to get too varied in this because I, I don't have time for it. But this is a huge problem. And I think it, it, the very nature of the problem is spiritual. That's why the, um, that the still, the good old fashioned way of turning your life over to God is still the answer to the narcotic and alcohol addiction problems. And you know what? I, I'm not going to speak for any other church in Dickinson, but we've got a church with people in it that have beat this thing. You know, they have. They have beat it. I mean, this there is hope for the addict. There is. It's not. You're not going to have to spend a bunch of money at a treatment center to be delivered. Uh, there, There is hope. And, and, and really, I'm going to tell you, if your treatment program isn't spiritual, I don't think there's much hope for you anyway. And I'm going to tell you why here in just a minute. This... I, I'm gonna throw this out and I'm gonna, and I believe this is true, and here again it's my program, if you don't like it, shut me off. <laughs> but I believe it's true. I believe the real truth is that we were born to be addicted. That God designed the human race with that whole. That can't be satisfied with anything but Him. And when we, when we don't point people in this right direction, they will become addicted to something. The psalmist said in Psalm 1 and 2, I was preaching about these verses today, but it says that this righteous man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. This verse shows me that this sounds like an addict to me. The, the word of God, the law of the Lord, that this person that this verse is about says that he is thinking about it all the time. He's addicted to the things of God. The only time the word addicted is used in the Bible that I know of is in 1 Corinthians sixteen fifteen. It says, I beseech you, brethren, oh, I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and, they, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. So, this there is an addiction that God wants us to have, and it's summed up in Mark chapter twelve, verses twenty-eight through thirty-one. Which, if if any verses in my life, just on a personal note, if any verses that there are in my life that people say he always preached about that, I'd like it to be Mark twelve twenty-eight through thirty-one. I know the three men that are in the studio with me; they hear me quote this, talk about it all the time. One of the scribes came. To Jesus, He heard them reasoning together, perceiving that Jesus had answered them well. He asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Jesus wanted us to be addicted to loving God and loving others. Addiction, uh, and here in these verses, there's nothing that commands us to love ourselves. God, number one, love God. Number two, love others. 
And and if there's any room at the end of the day, then go ahead and love yourself. But I got a feeling if you do that at the end of the day, you're just going to go to sleep because you'll be tired. Love God, love others. I want to write a song like that. Love God, love others. You know, something it just seems like it'd make a good song. All chemical addiction, all alcohol addiction, and here again, same thing. It's all about selfishness. Loving God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving others as yourself. There isn't anything about smoking pot that fits into that verse. There isn't anything about drinking that fits into that verse. There isn't anything about any kind of illicit drug. Now you say, are you against drugs? No, I'm not against drugs. I've got a good friend right now that's dying, and he's in incredible pain, and he's on. they're using painkillers just to give him some, some quality of life at the end of his life. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about here tonight at all. I mean, not even close to it. But the drug addiction I'm talking about are people are using drugs for a different kind of pain in their life. And it's about selfishness. If you are listening, and I hope, man, I hope, you know, my, my dream for this program always is, that, you know the only thing that keeps me sane on this program is some guys in the studio that are looking at me like they're listening to me that helps me. And the other thing is, is I keep imagining that there's this host of people driving through Dickinson tonight or at home listening to this program. And I'm, I'm, right now I've got a person pictured that's a prescription pain pill user. You know, you're taking, Three pain pills in the morning and three at noon and three in the evening. And you're not even in pain, but you're addicted and you're lying to the doctor to get them. Or maybe you're buying them illegally. You are being selfish. And I want you to feel morally wrong about this to the point where you'll cry out to God and ask him to help you. Seth made a good point uh, while we were playing that last song. If they say you're not morally wrong, why would you repent? Why would you say sorry if you're not wrong? You know, um, there was a, a years ago I went to, um, I'm going to try to make this generic enough where nobody knows what I'm talking about, but years ago there was a, a woman locked up at the women's prison down in New England. This is a long time ago and you're not going to be able to guess who it is. But her husband called me and said, I want to, I found out that my wife, before she went to prison, she was a drug addict. And she, uh, she was, uh, having an affair. And he found out about it after she went to prison. And he said, I want to go down and talk to her about it. And I'd like her to apologize to me about it. Well, he said, would you go with me? So I went with this person and we went down there. They had, his wife so drugged up, she was so drugged up that she didn't feel any responsibility for anything. And when we left there, he was very upset. He, all he wanted was an apology. He, he was willing to forgive. He really was. All he wanted was an apology, but she couldn't even be wrong. You say, well, why did you tell that story? I'll tell you the reason I told that story is because there are treatment centers teaching people you're not wrong. It's just the way you are. I'm telling you, you are wrong. Call out to Jesus. He can help you. You know, you are wrong. You have played a part in this addiction. You are responsible to get better. Uh, this, this, uh, 
uh, and and what I'm saying tonight is that you can transfer your addiction to something that will cause you to succeed in life. And I'm not talking about just money here. You know, although, have you ever noticed that people that, like my dad, for instance, he, he was a bad drinker till he was 40. He quit drinking when he was 40. And the first year that he quit drinking, he was the top salesman in the state for this company he worked for. Now, my dad, at this point, owed everybody in town money, didn't own a house, didn't own anything, was in severe debt. And within just a few months of quitting drinking, he was the top salesman for this company he worked for. The, 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 if, there, if drug addiction and alcohol addiction teach you anything, they teach you how to focus and be focused on one thing. And I believe that you that are listening to me tonight that are drug addicts and alcoholics, that you, by, by a, just a switch of your love, your switch of your addiction, a switch of your God, you could become the greatest Christians among us. I really believe that. Seth, play, play a song. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862.
Jehovah God. Oh Lord, who are you? The eternal Father of the Old Testament said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. Arise, go into the city, it shall be told thee what thou must do. Tell It Like It Is radio um, program. The uh, Good to have everybody listening tonight. And I've got some very, very interesting texts tonight that um, people are listening, people from our, our jail listening tonight. Um, just uh, just really, really, um, really good stuff. I can't really go into all of it on the um, on the air, but just some really good things of uh Got a lady in California listening tonight. Knows quite a bit about the subject. To reading some of her texts, the um, I've got um, one of the um, young lady who uh, is very close to our family. Um, she said, "I just want to read you this text." She said, "I'm personally so thankful for the spiritual help I received from the drug and alcohol use I re- I was doing. I tried three different treatment programs and it did no good." It was about trying to get through this life with this problem, not seeking out the one that can deliver and transform. I looked at my husband today during church and thought to myself, I'm so thankful I found what God truly has for me rather than the hurt and pain this world had to offer. And uh, there is hope for the drug addict. There is. And the first step for the drug addict is repentance. That's the first step, to be sorry. And to be sorry, especially to God. We, uh, if you're tuning in, we're talking about the Surgeon General's report on addiction that just came out maybe a month ago. And uh, 
Uh, there's much of this report here. Here again, you know what makes me an expert on it? Nothing, except just you know observation and and uh, being coming from a drug addiction background myself. I think I have a little bit of understanding of it, especially the hopelessness that you feel, and um, and the the deception that you live in, the lying, uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, lying goes hand in hand with it, and that's why I say it truly is a moral issue. When I make the statement up at the jail that all drug drug addicts are liars, I um, get in a little trouble sometimes. But I think if you just stop and think about it, it's true. I mean, it's an illegal activity. You can't be honest and be a drug addict because you'll be in jail and nobody wants to do that. So an addiction is a selfishness issue. A, a, a you know, substance abuse, is, is, it is a self because it, it's about how you feel. It's about what makes you feel good. I mentioned also that addiction is a God replacer. That addiction, uh, God, the, the position that God wants in your life, which is number one, addiction becomes that, a substance addiction. Jesus said in Matthew six twenty four, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Of course, this is talking about materialism. But addiction falls into these categories. And as one pastor from Kentucky just um, texted me, this Pentecostal churches are not uh, completely without this problem. This problem can sneak into, especially now with prescription pain medication, uh, this problem, you know, most apostolic people would never dream, most would never dream of drinking. They would never dream of um, of buying illegal drugs. But they might have had a surgery where they started taking prescription pain pills and now possibly that they could be abusing them. That's why I think it's good um, to never, ever minimize the danger of some of these products. I, I, I think we need to, you know, uh, John Wesley said, uh, he said many years ago, he said, if I had a hundred men that feared, loved nothing but God and feared nothing but sin, he said, I could shake this world. And I like that. Loved nothing but God and feared nothing but sin. You know, because I think we ought to be afraid of it. You know, you, you know, you talk about a Pharisee, I think a Pharisee could possibly be this person like, well, I could never be addicted to that stuff. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you, don't play with this stuff. Uh, this, this, is not, this is not something to play with. And so addiction um, is, is a god. Addiction is selfish. And here again, you know, we could talk about Media addiction, we could talk about, you know, like all these other things. And I'm not, I'm just trying to stay away from all that tonight. But there is a, there is a way to transfer. I I mentioned earlier in the program, I feel like I'm jumping around here, but I mentioned earlier that I believe that God designed us to be addicted. But he designed us to be addicted to loving him and loving others. Like, for instance, you moms out there, God designed you to be addicted to loving your husbands and your children. You husbands out there, God designed you to be addicted to loving your wives and children. 
He designed all of us to be addicted to, to loving him and to loving others, whether you have children or not. Uh, like like this, this type of addiction is what we were made for. And the, this type of addiction is what fulfills us. And so if you're addicted to something besides loving God and loving others, then I believe that, that Satan has you deceived. And especially if you say, I was born this way. You're like, I can't help it. Pastor Bob, I can't help it. No, nobody, Bill is in the studio with me, said, how could people say they were born to be a drug addict? That's And you know what? I totally agree with him. I, that's not true. You could be born with an addictive personality, but that addictive personality could be a blessing or a curse depending on what you do with it. The person born with a, an addictive personality could become the greatest person that's ever lived. Or they could become the worst person that's ever lived, depending on what you're addic- what you addict yourself to. In John chapter three, verses three through five, Jesus was talking to a man named Nicodemus, and he said this: "Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God." What Jesus was saying is. There has to be a new birth, a spiritual birth. There has to be a spiritual birth. Of course, Jesus went on to explain it's the birth of water and spirit. But this spiritual birth can change your addiction to becoming addicted to God. That's why people that come to, and here again, I'm limiting the program to, to narcotics and alcohol, but people that come to God that are addicted to these things can become the greatest Christians that there ever have been. You know, uh, you've heard the, the old saying, it's, re, it's from an ancient novel, really, about uh, Frankenstein, this mad scientist, you know, took these body parts, created a human, this Dr. Frankenstein, you know. Well, I think Satan is the mad scientist. And I think he's trying to destroy people through addictions to substance abuse. But is it possible that this could backfire on Satan? I believe it is. I believe that Satan, through destroying people's lives through addiction, if we can reach these people, they can turn it around and become that same addictive personality, even if their brain has been changed. Even if I agree with the Surgeon General here on this a little bit, and I I do agree with this, that the brain can be changed through heavy usage of drugs and alcohol. I, I, I read enough about it to think there's some science to that. If that's true, and you are born again, what if your brain has been changed to be a great lover of God and a great lover of others? You know, in Second Corinthians chapter 7, uh, look it up if you can get it for me quick. Second Corinthians 7, I think it's talking about for godly sorrow. I, I've got Joe quickly looking that up here tonight. You're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio program with Pastor Bob. The, uh, <coughs> there, is a, um, there is a, if you have lived a life and, and addiction has ruined some of your life, is that where it is? Second Corinthians 7, about godly sorrow worketh repentance somewhere in there. Okay, 
Get that microphone out there. I want you to read that. Uh, read that for godly sorrow. Start with that, and then read what it works in us. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold, the selfsame thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge, and okay. all things ye okay, have read, read, read that. Just read those seven. What are the seven things, Joe, that are mentioned there that repentance works in us? Godly sorrow works. Works repentance. Yeah, but what are the seven things that repentance work in us? There are seven things mentioned right there. You just read them. Read it again. Clearing of yourselves. Okay, clearing of yourselves. What indignation? Indignation, you're upset. Fear? Fear. Okay, fear that I'm not going back there. You know, like I'm staying away from this. Vehement? Vehement desire. Like, in other words, like I am a person of passion Emotion. Go ahead. Zeal. Zeal. Like, man, I'm, I want to do something for God. And revenge. Revenge. That's the part I wanted to get to. It said that godly sorrow worketh revenge. Revenge? Revenge against what? It's revenge against Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> it's revenge. You know, it's revenge like, you know what? Satan, you are going to be so sorry that you ever messed with me. You're going to be so sorry that you took away those 10 years from me. You're going to be so sorry that I wasted that time in substance abuse. Because I'm going to become a lover of God. I'm going to make up to my family those years that were lost. I'm going to make up to society the years that were lost. You see, Mr. Surgeon General, if you're listening, and I'm sure they all do, I'm sure that you know the president on down listens. You know, Mr. Trump, how are you doing? You know, President Obama, I'm sure they're all listening to me tonight. But Mr. Surgeon General, if you're listening, you need to rewrite this report. Because the true cure for substance abuse is the born-again experience that Jesus has to offer us. Through the Acts 2.38 message of repentance, now here again, I understand what you're saying, like we don't want to make drug addicts feel so guilty they won't even come for help. In other words, we these closet drinkers, if they feel so guilty, they might not ever even admit they're a drinker. Well, I don't know what kind of church that you guys have been going to, but in our church, if you come in and admit you're a sinner, we don't get on to you about it. We're like standing there cheering you on, like good good deal. That's the first step. God already knows you're a sinner. You need, he just wants to hear you say it. You know, this doesn't have anything to do with making you feel guilty. This has to do with coming to God. So you come to God in repentance. You're sorry. God, I'm sorry. And after that, you're baptized in water in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And after that, the Bible said you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to all those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So the answer to addiction, you know, I know there are people, and all my life I've been criticized since I've been preaching about different things. And one of the things that comes up over and over and over again is, Pastor Bob, you think that all the answer to everybody's problem is Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, you're absolutely right. I think that. Seth, why don't you give out a detailed summary of how to get a hold of us during the week? Well, all right. Well, we're from the New Life 
Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. We're located at 105 7th Avenue West. Again, that's the New Life Pentecostal Church, 105 7th Avenue West. Our church phone number is 701-264-7862, or you can email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Our next service is going to be Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. You are invited. Again, if you need a ride, 701-264-7862. Sunday morning, Sunday school, adult and children's Sunday schools is at 10 o'clock a.m. Worship service on Sunday morning is at 11 o'clock a.m. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. We're on every Sunday night from 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time with Pastor Simons. Uh, If you would like to call us tonight with any questions or comments you may have, 701-225-5133, or you can text us, or even just let us know where you're listening from as well, 701-290-7862. And if you're out of country, you can email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. There's a man listening to me tonight named Ken, and he said, Pastor Bob, I think you really found me. I'm crying tonight right now. I want to repent of my sins, get out, and give my life to God. Please help. You know, um, pointing people to God is really is really the help that they need. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat addiction. It's it is it is morally wrong, and uh, and you will be judged even for it if you don't change. The Bible said all drunkards shall have their part. You know, all drunkards, the drunkards. First uh, Corinthians, but then it also goes on to say, such were some of you. And so God wants to help you change today. And uh, if you're looking for a group of people that believe in sobriety, the New Life Pentecostal Church is that group. You can make new friends there. Uh, you know, so there's a lot to this addiction thing. You know, you got to get away from your old, you know, throw your cell phone away, get a new one. You know, uh, get, don't. You know, lose. Let all your druggies lose your numbers. Um, don't go to where the houses. You know, you might have to move out of your house. Uh, somebody told me that the first time they ever did meth, I think it was their mom that did it with them. You know, one of these guys. I thought, boy, that's a wonderful, sweet mom. You know, do meth with her kids. Let me sing this song. This is a song about addiction. I think it is anyway. And I want to just end the program with this. Well, it was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer felt it was hardly worth his while to waste much time on that old violin. But he held it up with a smile. He said, it sure ain't much, but it's all we got left. I guess we ought to sell it, too. Now who'll start the bid on this old violin? Just one more and we'll be through. He cried out, one, give me one dollar. Who'll make it two? Two dollars. Who'll make it three? Three dollars twice. Yeah, that's a good price. But who's got a bid for me? Raise up your hands and don't wait any longer. The auction's about to end. Who's got four, just one dollar more, to bid on this old violin? Well, the air was hot, and the people stood around as the sun was setting low. From the back of the crowd, a gray-haired man came forward, picked up the bow, He wiped the dust from that old violin And tightened up 
those strings And he played out a melody pure and sweet Sweet as the angel sings And then the music stopped And the auctioneer In a voice that was quiet and low He said, what is my bid for this old violin? And he held it up with a bow He cried out, one, give me one thousand Who make it two? Two thousand Who make it three? Three thousand twice That's a good price But who's got a bid for me? Raise up your hands and don't wait any longer The auction's about to end People cried out, what made the change? We don't understand Then the auctioneer stopped And he said with a smile It was the touch of the master's hand Now you know many a man with his life out of tune Is battered and scarred with sin And he's auctioned cheap to a thankless world Much like the old violin But then the master comes in that old foolish crowd They never understand The worth of a soul and the change that is wrought By one touch of the master's hand Cried out, one, give me one thousand Who make it two? Two thousand Who make it three? Three thousand twice That's a good price Who's got a bid for me? The people cried out, what made the change? We don't understand. Then the auctioneer stopped and he said with a smile, It was the touch of the master's hand. Was the touch of the master's hand. Was the touch of the master's hand. Good night, everyone. Pastor Bob signing off. Join us next week, Christmas night, for another Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.